It's Wednesday, February the 12th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, HS2 gets the go-ahead, and so does the T-Mobile Sprint merger. First, the world in brief. Boris Johnson finally gave the go-ahead to HS2, a high-speed railway between London and northern England, which is Europe's largest infrastructure project. Britain's Prime Minister admitted that the decision was controversial and difficult, partly because of opposition from Conservative MPs through whose constituencies the project runs. A federal judge in New York ruled in favour of T-Mobile's takeover of Sprint. Federal regulators had approved the merger, which will leave most American mobile phone users with a choice of three large networks. The judge rejected claims by several states' attorneys general, who argued that it would reduce competition and increase bills. Airbus revealed a new type of plane design at the Singapore Air Show. The European aerospace giant unveiled a curvaceous aircraft codenamed Maverick with wings that blend into its fuselage. The company hopes the design will cut the carbon emissions of its next generation of airliners by around 20%. The British economy did not grow at all in the final quarter of 2019, compared with the preceding three months, according to data released by the Office for National Statistics. Uncertainty about Brexit and December's election depressed business investment and manufacturing output. Democrats voting in New Hampshire's presidential primary picked Bernie Sanders as their favourite candidate, giving him more than a quarter of their ballots. Pete Buttigieg, who pipped him in Iowa's caucuses last week, took nearly as many, and Amy Klobuchar finished a respectable third. Joe Biden trailed badly again. Andrew Yang and Michael Bennett dropped out of the race. Four American prosecutors who won a conviction against Roger Stone, a flamboyantly law-flouting friend of President Donald Trump on seven counts of lying to Congress, witness tampering and more, abruptly quit the case. They were apparently aggrieved by the Justice Department's having scuttled their recommendation of a stiff sentence for Mr Stone soon after Mr Trump had tweeted his dismay. And the World Health Organization named the disease caused by the coronavirus roiling China COVID-19, from coronavirus, disease and 2019. The WHO said the outbreak should be regarded as public enemy number one and urged countries to step up efforts to detect and contain the virus. Mainland China has attributed 1,115 fatalities to COVID. Only two people have died elsewhere. And now, here's today's agenda. Crunch time, Argentina's debts. Two months after a new Argentine government took office, the International Monetary Fund today starts a long-awaited mission to help the country avoid default. Both sides stress they are committed to finding a way for Argentina to repay the $44 billion it owes the fund. But how and when? The government of President Alberto Fernandez, who has toured European capitals courting support on the IMF's board, insists the economy should be allowed to return to growth first. It wants to delay repayment by at least two years until 2023. It's time for the government to put something concrete on the table, says an IMF source. The fund's economists seek a balanced budget, cuts in public spending and structural reforms, notably of the pension system and labour laws. 
Given Mr. Fernandez's wish to agree on a plan by the end of March, time is of the essence if Argentina is to avoid its ninth sovereign debt default. Vicarious Bachelors, Married Catholic Priests The Vatican will today publish Pope Francis's response to last year's Synod of Bishops for the Pan-Amazon amid intense speculation as to whether he will use the opportunity to allow the ordination of married men, albeit only in very restricted cases. A draft leaked to an Italian blogger mirrored the wording of the Synod's final report which recommended the change, but other sources indicate that the Pope may just set up a commission to study the issue. There are married Catholic priests already, but either they belong to Oriental Orthodox churches in communion with Rome, or they have left the Anglican Church in protest against the ordination of women. This would be different. The justification would be a dire shortage of priests in far-flung parts of Amazonia. The Pope's conservative critics are appalled. They worry the same reasoning could be used elsewhere in future, notably in Europe. A big number. Google appeals an EU fine. The European Union has levied plenty of fines on big internet companies in recent years. Today, Google will attempt to get one of them overturned. The firm is in the bloc's general court to appeal against a fine of 2.4 billion euros, 2.8 billion dollars, levied by the European Commission in 2017. The Commission accused the search giant of abusing its dominance by promoting its own price comparison service to the top of its search results. Although the original investigation took seven years, the appeals process will be quick. A judgment is expected by Friday. Even if Google is successful, it will still owe the Commission plenty of money. In 2018, it was fined 4.3 billion euros for abusing its control of Android, the world's most widely used smartphone operating system. And in 2019, it was told to cough up 1.5 billion euros for competition violations in its online advertising business. It is appealing against both those fines, too. Plenty to talk about. NATO defence ministers meet. A busy few days for security policy began today when NATO's defence ministers meet in Brussels. The annual Munich Security Conference starts on Friday. A main topic in Brussels will be how to respond to President Donald Trump's call last month for NATO to do more in the Middle East. Mr Trump now claims credit for increased Allied defence spending and calls NATO's Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg his biggest fan in the whole world. In Iraq, NATO deploys about 500 people to train local forces, aiming to prevent the return of Islamic State. It may ramp up this mission. The ministers will also want to hear what America's Defense Secretary Mark Esper can tell them about his country's plans in Afghanistan, given Mr Trump's aim to draw down American forces. On the horizon are bigger questions still. How to respond to new Russian weaponry, China's growing assertiveness, and the risk of a new nuclear arms race. Deja vu, the soft bank bubble. Nearly 20 years ago, when the dot-com bubble burst, Son Masayoshi lost nearly everything. His company, SoftBank, had stakes in 825 internet firms. Has Mr Son started another epic plunge? The tech world will scour SoftBank's third-quarter earnings due today for answers. 
So will Elliott, an aggressive activist investor which just unveiled a 3% stake. A key focus will be results from Mr. Son's tech investing vehicle, the Vision Fund, worth $98.6 billion. At least its investment in WeWork, an office leasing firm whose IPO imploded, is old news by now. But the fund may contain other nasties. This week, Brandless, a three-year-old e-commerce firm, closed. It extracted $100 million or so from Mr. Son two years ago with a story about taking on Amazon. Analysts expect a year-on-year fall in operating profit at SoftBank. Mr. Son may placate Elliott with a big share buyback. But that will not be enough to dissipate worries about the Vision Fund. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Lily Langtree, who passed away on this day in 1929. The sentimentalist ages far more quickly than the person who loves his work and enjoys new challenges. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.